Tom Ross, Tom Ross, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Tom Ross, Tom Ross. Run away. Okay, that's a good strategy, Probably. Actually. That's probably the best thing you could do. Depends See, what they're like. If they're big, burly people who want to do you harm, then, yeah, maybe run away. Maybe run away is a good idea. idea. Well, find out all of that and more on this week's Tom and Matt Attack. Matthew, what was all that about? I don't know. I, say, I was just, <laughs> just wanting to do that little rhyme, then it went all serious. I did, yeah. yeah. I, well, I was trying to think of just like, oh, think of more survival tips, but I froze on myself. So yeah. it's like, and I could have ah, come back with something funny, couldn't I? But instead, I, I took it deadly seriously. You did, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, run away was a, a perfectly good answer, to be honest yeah. with you. But <laughs> Why would they be coming for me, Matthew? What have I done? I don't know. Played video games, hopefully. And <laughs> I hope you're about to talk about them on this podcast. I hope so. Yes, well, no, we will. Yeah, good. And we have both played some video games. We have, this week. and we're not just Apex Legends, for my case. Yeah, we've actually made a conscious effort to play a bit more. I think, uh, video especially games. today. Yes, today. had a, a Sunday morning of gaming. Yes, has been a very mostly. game-filled day. Uh, much to the detriment of the biographic that I should be working on, but there we go. Um, how are you doing, though? You good? I'm doing all right. You know, a little sad to be leaving the Boyle residence. This, this is week. how it goes. Yeah, yeah. You'll be going back to. Pastures old and new, and uh, yeah, you still be around for a couple of oh, weeks. Oh, that's right. So you know, I just won't be staying with Matt anymore. So uh, I will still be uh, in Denmark. Yeah, and we will still, I hope, be able to do a few more of these before I head back to the UK. In Fingers a, a crossed. Time. Well, I mean, yeah. as I've said to you previously, I think even when you go back now, we should have a better setup because I I bought that USB mic. Oh, you got a sexy new microphone. I do, and it's got uh, little earbuds so I can hear myself. And let's hope my my mic doesn't keep cutting out. Well, fingers crossed. If it doesn't, that would be a great help because it makes these podcasts an absolute bastard to but edit. You don't need to know about that. You need to know what Matt goes through to edit yes. these podcasts, especially when we're doing it uh, overseas. Well, if you've played the game Dante's Inferno and you're familiar with the Seven Circles of Hell, <laughs> no, I kid, I kid. Well, you brought it back round to gaming. I like I that. I did. Matthew. I try my best. Yeah. So, is there anything you've played this week which has stood out to you? Uh, anything particular games that have been hmm. wow? Well, I to be honest with you, uh, the the two games that have wowed me perhaps the most this week, I've only played the beginnings of. So mm-hmm. the first, I'd say, half an hour to forty five minutes. Oh, and that's not a lot. No, it isn't. Uh, but hopefully, though, you did say I can't remember where you go. Uh, you've played a little bit more of Old Boy than I have. I think about the same now. Really? Okay, cool. Um, well, as you can't remember it, Tom, let me refresh your memory. So, Owlboy... Owlboy which is actually right now, it's kind of current. Yes. It's celebrating some sort of anniversary of its uh, initial release. Maybe on Switch? I'm not sure if it's... it's I believe in general. In general, is, is it? Yes. So, it's kind of current, which is a nice coincidence that yes. uh, you just started playing it today. And what did you think, Matthew? I thought it was a beautiful game it was um, beautiful and i'd never seen it on such a big screen and it really took me aback just the amount of detail in the graphics i, I don't know if it's just when you play on the switch you can't quite appreciate them as much on the switch screen that is no seeing them bright on that big screen 
wow, you know, Owlboy's a beautiful game. It is a crazy good game. Uh, just to clarify, it is a one-year anniversary coming out on the Nintendo Switch. It came out on February 13th, 2018. Mm. Uh, it's games by a studio called D-Pad Studios, and it is essentially one dude... Uh, no way. Simon Stoffness Anderson, and he has been working on this game from what I remember for about ten years. Um, I'm, I'm just going to confirm that. But yeah, he began development in 2017, and the game initially launched in September uh, 2016. So yeah, almost yeah. ten years it took him to develop this game. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, the story is a bit. Like, at the start, at least, I was like, oh, my God, the, you play as a character called Otis, uh, who is an owl, hence owl boy. And the character is mute, and people kind of make fun of him for that. And you're studying under this professor who is the wisest man in the village. He's a bit of an asshole. Um, he's a dick. He is. He's really, really cruel to this kid. And uh, then it kind of brightens up a little bit, and you find that people in the village do generally quite like him, even though he's mute. He's got some mates, hasn't he? Yeah, and he can do some interesting things. And so you go with your mate uh, into this mini dungeon, I guess is probably the way to describe it. It's just like a cave at the bottom of the town because there's a troublemaker messing up stuff in the town. Yeah, you follow him down there. You do, yeah. Catacombs. And, yeah, you pretty much you go through this catacombs, you solve some puzzles, you figure out some of the game's basic mechanics, and uh, you fight a boss. Surprise, surprise. And then I came back out to a rather dramatic scene of pirate ships arriving, uh, which is something they've been talking about in the start of the game. And I thought it looked and felt amazing. There's a very nice atmosphere in that game. What's unique about Owlboy, apart from its uh, fantastic visuals? You fly around by pressing A on the Switch controller, at least. And so you, you're able to fly. You can press B to do kind of like a speedy dash move mm. while you're in the air. Uh, but a lot of what you do in Owlboy is actually the puzzles revolve around you picking up things. Mm. That's right. So there's lots of uh, items are hidden in the ground that you can pluck. Uh, some you can eat, some you can throw, some you just smash and they give you money. But Kind of like uh, Mario 2. Yeah, kind of like Mario 2, but obviously you're aerial as well, so mm. there's a lot more of that going on. There's lots of like ring segments for you to fly through and stuff that kind of reminds you a bit of a 2D Star Fox, even. Ooh. And yeah, the main interesting thing that I've seen so far is a lot of the combat revolves around, for the first, I'd say, half hour of the game, uh, Otis couldn't do anything. And so... I eventually gained the ability to press Y and he would do almost like a spin attack, mm -hmm. which is great for certain things. But if it requires actually like not stunning an enemy and doing damage, you either need to pick up an object in the environment and throw it, or you need to pick up one of your friends. And so you meet this guy who's tending the cannons at the start of the game, a human guy who I can't remember his name. It starts with a T. Um, but by pressing uh, the left trigger on the switch you can pick him up and then using the second uh, analog stick on the right hand side you can aim with him as you're flying and controlling Otis and fire with uh yeah so he's got a little cannon, buttons. a little gun yeah that he can shoot things with so, so you can attack from a distance you yeah. can yeah and uh, that's the only way to kill certain enemies yeah. like you can stun them with Otis um yeah. you'll break down walls that's how you actually uh, continue in the progress in the game isn't yes. it you get uh, your friend and he can let you get into the uh, catacomb yes. area. He can blow up wooden objects, which Otis can't do at the start. Yes. Um, oh, all this sounds very video game-like, Matthew. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, the but boss actually... It's not just a platform game, is it? It's, it's, it's revolved around this flying. 
It does, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of it, and even the combat revolves around you flying around, uh, spinning as Otis, then picking up your friend and then dealing damage that way. There's a lot of aerial manoeuvres going on. In itself, is quite unique, the fact that you're a flying character, like yes. Tails in Sonic. You, yes. know, you can get around the, the levels, um, not by jumping, but flying. And they are purposely built that way. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of verticality in mind. Yeah. Perhaps... A little bit too much, uh, I would imagine, as the game gets on, because I've I am the kind of person who will look in every corner trying to find every little bit of money and every little you secret are. I can, and so just even that first initial stage of the town was like, oh my god, I don't know if I've been everywhere, and there was no way I could figure out in game to keep track yeah, of that. Yeah, and you wanted to explore every little nook yes. and cranny, whereas I usually, when playing games, just kind of go for the goal. Yeah. But let's see. I might pick it up. It is on offer at the moment because of this anniversary. I did actually rent it out of the library here. Uh, however, extenuating circumstances of there being a lot of work to do at the moment uh, meant that I could not play it. Um, and the time I have devoted to video games has obviously been playing Apex Legends because that game's really good. Because you have it. to play Apex Legends every day, you were saying. Well, you? I'm trying to get at least a match in because I think this is the most consistent I've been on any game for a long time. It I'm actually getting okay The quality it. of it, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It's a very fun game. It is very easy to Splunky style get in and out if you really want to, but there's also that draw to go, oh, just one more game. I found it very interesting what you were telling me about the game's development time was relatively short. Yes, and the fact that you can make a game in a rather short time and it becomes as popular as Apex Legends. Yep. I mean, it's a certain type of game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it know, is. It's, it's just one world that's been built. It's not something with worlds upon worlds. And uh, the gameplay itself is, you know, just one thing, essentially, isn't it? Yeah, one big solid map. I yeah. mean, it's from Respawn. They've made shooting games before. All of the guns are borrowed from Titanfall bar one or two. So it makes right. sense that they were able to turn it around pretty quickly. A great quickly. use of resources. The greatest what's... challenge, apparently, is the amount of players in the map. Originally, they'd wanted it to be 100, like uh, your your PUBGs and your... Fortnite. Fortnite. Uh, but the game is developed using the Source engine, which is the engine you play Counter-Strike and all of these Valve games in. And they had a lot of trouble, apparently, getting it up to 60 even. So let's see how the future goes. Apparently, people have scraped the code that was in a patch that was out last week. And the words Titans and Roll Wall Running are mentioned. So maybe it's just that gonna would change the game up considerably. I would fucking love it. But then it wouldn't just become Titanfall Battle Royale. Um yeah, and I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Because this is proven. But right now it's actually quite different from Titanfall. I yeah? don't think so. No. You you Because the wall running's a huge aspect of Titanfall, really. Yeah, of course and it is. And I mean the maps counts, are based map. around that, but I mean, if you had one or two players that can do that, you don't have to change the map I mean, to fit in with the war running. No, I mean, the way it's designed right now. Yeah, well, yeah, of course, but then you just wouldn't yeah. play this map, would you? Like, there'd be a new would, map. There think? would be a new character who would wall run. Yeah. And to be honest, with you, there's certain areas of this game where I think you can wall run, and there's Pathfinder has a grappling hook, and he mm. can get to the top of stuff anyway. Mm. So they've planned that verticality in from the off. Okay. I just don't so know how Titans would do Just work. add it, drop it in there, and it's, yeah. it would work. But Titans, yeah, that would be a different kettle of fish. It could be cool, though. I, I could imagine you getting a Titan, because the same way it does in a in a regular multiplayer match, Titanfall, like everyone turns to shoot the Titan. Mm. So it would actually bring in, potentially, a we need, even though we hate each other, even though like we're clearly going to kill each other after this Titan's downed, 
we as a squad, we as two different squads who've met each other on this battlefield and to take out this Titan first and then mm. deal with each other. Yeah. It could bring some really cool stuff to but that But it game. could potentially turn people off the game who don't like the idea of Titans. Because there's bound people out there who like the game as it is and don't want to see it change. I... In that case, would they offer an alternative mode to include Titans? Who knows? Rather than add it into the who main knows? established game. And just because it's in the code doesn't mean it's actually going to be there. Maybe it's legacy stuff they've carried over from some Titanfall code. It's too early to say. Until they say anything, going, yes, this is in you, then... But, uh, you haven't felt the need to spend money on it in any big way. Say you, you bought I a little something. I bought but... the starter pack, which was like four quid. I am tempted to buy the founder pack, which was... I guess was this is what they hope for, the about more you 20. play. Well, like, this is the thing. It's just like, I've not bought any games this month. I bought Picross for my lovely lady wife, uh, and I bought Dragon Quest because I felt guilty that I kept taking it out of the library and were not allowing other people to play well, that game. Well, you like that game I a do lot, love that so game a lot. So it made sense for you to uh, pick it up. And what was the reasonable price, I have to say? Yeah, was it 230 kroner? 230 kroner, yeah. So, Which isn't so bad, 25 quid. No, it's cheaper so, than it was on Amazon. That's uh, nice. It was on sale on Amazon for like 27 while I was in Estonia a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I should buy this from Amazon. And then I saw it in Estonia and I was like, oh, actually, it's not that far off. I think it was like 35. I was like, with shipping and stuff from Amazon, maybe it'll end up the same. And then I checked Amazon and it was sold out there. And I was like, oh, actually, you know what? I'm just going to wait for it yeah, to come And that was the GameStop price. Here in Denmark, GameStop prices, you know, they've, are usually relatively high. Yes. Yeah. So pretty good. It was, yeah. Uh, well, I guess the game's been out for a year now. And then immediately they announced the bloody Switch version a week after. So, <laughs> never mind. So but uh, say you've not spent an obscene amount of money on the game. But there are people out there who have, as the recent news yeah, story said. A, a, a guy, I read the headline online and it said how uh, £500 wasn't worth it. Oh, I'm, dollars was it, sorry. $500. $500, oh, wasn't worth it. Well, you know, I maybe could have said that to well, you. Well, yeah, I, well, see, the thing is, uh, Apex Legends, and this is something I was completely unaware of before this, has something called Artifacts. And oh. what artifacts are essentially, they are guaranteed to drop uh, one in 500 loot boxes in the game. You get these for leveling up. Uh, you can also buy them for real world money. Um, the starter pack came with some cash, but it wasn't enough to buy a character. So I was like, well, I'm just, I'm not going to be tempted by the idea of paying more to get a character. So I'm just going to spend this on loot boxes because I wanted the skins and stuff. And just to say, hey, here's four pound. You did a good job. Um, yeah, so I just, I burned it on loot boxes to do that, but this guy spent like $500. He just kept chasing this idea of getting these artifact items because he knew it would be so one he didn't in just 500. pay 500 outright. He accumulated, he accumulated dollars it, worth it came of... in the 500 one, yeah, and annoyingly for him. Wow, yeah, so he's spending a hundred dollars at a time. He, I'm not sure how the pricing structure gets breaks down because i've not looked at it but he he must have spent five hundred dollars to get like it must whatever method he was doing broke down to a dollar a loot well, box whatever he was doing i hope he had enough uh cash well disposable yeah. income to you do would, something like that you'd hope the guy you know didn't need the money yeah you would hope um <laughs> but yeah apparently the these uh artifact level skins were there was a an exclusive skin for uh, Wraith, who is the main character, he played as the lady who can shoot portals. Um, a gun skin for her and a banner skin that was artifact level specifically for that character. Mm. So theoretically speaking, that means that there are at least 
one artifact skin for each gun and one every possible thing for the characters themselves as really mm. rare things. It's like anything with these rare collectibles, even like in physical media, like yeah. cards, you collect magic cards, Pokemon cards, or whatever they might be. And you, you could end up in the long run yeah. dropping a lot of money. I, I mean, I've bought quite a few packets of Pokemon cards in my life and dread to think how much I've actually spent. Oh, Christ, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. Like, whereas you were buying regular cards, there was that point in time where I was a kid where I would I would blow my pocket money, which is like ten pound on one pack of uh neo Japanese cards, which really? were the first gold and silver cards. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got a Lugia and it was all worth it, but and then I stopped buying them, but still yeah. there but was a period. Think, uh Apex Legends, sorry, isn't gonna be around forever. And when you're dropping that amount of money into something which isn't gonna last you, you know, well, one one day that games is going to fade into obscurity. I mean, it? who knows? Counter-Strike's still a thing. Counter-Strike's like still a thing. 20 odd years. But that's the EverQuest, tension, isn't it? You still have people who play EverQuest. Like, and Warcraft. There, there are mm. games that exist that have a long tail in them. Well, Battle Royale, you know, with the... But, well, Battle Royale is still a very new genre. People yeah. are still playing PUBG. Like, PUBG and Fortnite are huge in China. Mm. So I PUBG think, is actually got a good user base. Right. So the the last figures I saw said the PUBG has something like 25 million unique players okay. and around an average of like 8 million consecutive players mm-hmm. a week. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're still doing very well. Fortnite is still huge. Because that's got the kid audience Yes. Too. I feel that Epic may have been a bit more shook up by Apex Legends than they're willing to admit, even though the Fortnite's numbers last time I checked were still a lot higher than Apex's. A lot of what they are doing at the moment, uh, you must have seen it because every space of the internet I've been on has been permeated with Fortnite ads going, Season 8 Battle Pass is free! Yeah, sure. um, which is something you usually pay 25 quid for. Because kids change their habits, especially kids, children. Yeah, of you course. know, what's the new craze? Well, the new craze isn't yo yo's this week, it's frisbees or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So this week it may be a, maybe Fortnite, the next week something new and shiny comes along, they may jump on board with that. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing, right? They're fickle, children. They are very fickle. <laughs> and this, this comes at a fucking potentially <laughs> terrible time for Epic if they yeah. do all abandon ship and go to Apex Legends. Because obviously Epic was launching this store. Mm. and they'd started to pull developers into exclusive deals for the Epic Store. Um, much to my annoyance, Supergiant, the people, perhaps my favourite game studio consistently, uh, makers of Bastion, Transistor, and Pyre, their new game Hades is in open access. Mm. And That's one title game. So it, yeah, and it <laughs> is only available on the Epic Store at the Aha. moment, so I can't play Aha, it. They've done a deal. They have uh, Metro uh, Exodus, uh, the latest of the Metro series, which uh, from all accounts doesn't seem to be that great a game uh, yes. critically at the moment. It's not doing very well. Was uh, pulled from Steam and launched exclusively on the Epic Store because it seems like the way Epic had, has positioned itself and with Fortnite, a lot of the kids who were playing Fortnite have never downloaded Steam. Mm. So they saw an opportunity there to yeah. say, hey, we're going we're gonna we to shift on this. I before, think so. Yeah. We're going to shift. Uh, but, you know, it could be someone's first podcast, Tom. They may not know. Yes, no, absolutely. Um, I don't know if we said it off podcast. Or yeah. Not, so they, they put this store out uh, with the idea of saying, hey, we're going to, we are going to be Steam in 10 years. We're going to get this mm. generation while they're young and then they'll build up on our platform. Obviously, now 
this brings people to EA's origin server on the PC as well for Apex. Yeah. So perhaps yeah. that market will start to fracture. It'll be really interesting to I see. I think it's great that we're offered different platforms, but at the same time, it's sort of like, if you want to consume everything, the amount you have to pay or, or, or um, commit to is... Well, uh, like, I, like, for example, I'm thinking about the Disney channel yes, now. But there's a difference between that. I was about to say the yeah. same thing. With Obviously, with these streaming services, with Netflix, with uh, HBO Go, Hulu. with Hulu, uh, uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime, Disney's looking at doing one now. Like, is it that a thing now? That they're is They're taking thing. things off Netflix. Yes. Um, but they're not on anything yet, but they will eventually be on the Disney um, Yeah, uh, that's the, the case. With it's not the Disney Channel, is it? it well, I don't know what they're calling it. I don't know what the hell they're going to call it. Because they're already a Disney Channel, isn't it? Yeah, they? but I mean, Disney also owns a lot more things than just like Disney properties we oh, think yeah. of. Uh, I mean, they own television networks. Like, I think ABC is a Disney-owned network. Touchstone Pictures is a Disney mm. studio. There's lots of... They have their fingers in many pies, as yeah. you might expect. I thought they'll have a kids section, they'll have an adult section. Yeah, I'm sure. For their, uh, and then, obviously, they're going to generate more of their own content, perhaps, mm. to fill that, the same way Netflix is now. The difference is there, you are paying a paid subscription every month, and yes. that has started a rise in piracy again, because people are... Whereas there was once Netflix and there was only Netflix. And if you wanted to stream things, it would go on Netflix. Piracy rates started to decline because people were like, okay, I'm more than happy to pay the same way I do for Spotify. I don't want to buy everything, all the yeah. subscriptions. $10 a month and go here. Mm. Uh, it started happening in music. Obviously, you had Apple Music, you've got Spotify. Tidal, you've got Spotify. But I don't think there's that much exclusive content between them anymore. Like, yes, they there do artist some, sessions there were some and stuff. stuff. Tidal, Tidal still had has to deal things. with a few people. They it? still have things on Tidal that are not on anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, it's not my taste is in music. Is that Jay-Z's? Yes, it is one. Jay-Z's yeah. thing. Yeah. It's it's related to rock, uh, Live Nation, the, the promotions yeah. thing. Because he, I feel like maybe Prince had something on there that was unique. But probably, I can't remember but now. Yeah, after just passing, it's all on Spotify yeah, now. Yeah. Anyway, um, so... In music, it tried to start happening, and I think a lot of the the competitors that were trying to follow Spotify have kind of fallen away. And you've got Spotify, you've got Apple Music, and Tidal still exists, but who knows for how long. So they are there. Like, Neil Young had his own fucking crazy streaming service and he was did. selling he had an iPod. a special device. Yeah, because... Uh, they, high quality, flak audio. Yeah, flak audio yeah. files, and then yeah, it yeah. didn't come to anything because nobody cares. Music's a service now, unfortunately. So that happened, and, like, there were clear winners there. That is now happening even more aggressively, obviously, in the streaming uh, TV and movie market because people own all of these legacy things. They're a lot more tied to studios than they are to artists in the way the music. And so people are trying to say, no, all of our content will be on here and then we will compete with your content the same way that t- television has for mm. decades, which mm. is in my opinion, an archaic model, and I think we'll start to see things go awry there. But it could also just lead to monopolies like Disney buying things. Anyway, that's besides the point. The thing is, you need to buy a subscription service for those We don't platforms. for Origin or You don't for Epic. Origin, for uh, the Epic platform, for Steam. Steam. Uh, I mean, there's also there. Uplay for Ubisoft. There are a number of launches. The thing, the concern is for people who are downloading launches is obviously you build up a friends list and you build up a community. Yeah. It's sort of like consoles, isn't it? You've got PlayStation, you've got yeah. Xbox and, and Switch. You know? Yes. So there's three there. And now PC doesn't just have one main one, which yes. would have been Steam. It has at least three. Yes, it yeah. does. 
I mean, I, I, there's more than three. Like, yeah. Itch.io exists, which is for indie games. Oh, there was like uh, good old games. Good well. old GOG still yeah, exists. Yeah. It has its own launcher. Like, yeah. I, I think everyone under the sun had their own launcher. It's just they've never had a title that... I mean, Blizzard's got Battle.net. Yes. Um, all of these things existed on their own. But I, I think no single ecosystem... Uh, it's much like Spotify. Like Steam yeah. was the first one of these big things to unify everyone because it came with every copy of Half Life, yeah. and everyone got on board. And everyone's been invested in those libraries and things like Steam sales mean that people are amassing like thousands and thousands of games within Steam, and they are then loyal to that There's platform. So many games now. Now yeah. we're not relying. This isn't something I've been thinking about recently. Now we're not relying on physical media so much no. to get our games. There's so many more games than there were. So if you're into collecting games, collecting has changed, I think, somewhat. And whereas, you know, if you look back at the retro console, it's got so many hundred games. And if you want to collect all the games, then you can do that. But now you say, I want to collect all the games for PS4. You have to say, well, I want to collect all the physical releases. Yes. So it's become now very different it has yeah and there's almost too get too many games to sort of if you want to get a reasonable collection you're kind of thinking about your collection thinking about so many of these games so many of these games you know you know what genres you like yes um but there seems to be endless versions of these games endless uh shooters endless uh driving games endless whatever Mm -hmm. endless runners (laughs) yeah endless endless runners but um it's very different now and it kind of turns me off uh, thinking about collecting in any sort of big way for the newer consoles uh, to the point where I'm not actually so bothered about having physical releases nowadays because it seems more convenient for them to be digital. You know, they're, you know, back in the days of what we're talking about, the original Xbox or whatever, Yeah, you didn't have digital games. No, of course. I, I like digital games an awful lot. I, mm. More and more, I'm slowly realizing especially with the things like limited run. Um, I know you've bought a purchase off there. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, If I really like a game, I will perhaps potentially buy a limited run version. You have to be selective. You can't use that same logic as you would with older systems now. No, you can't. And I mean, also like the collector mentality for these new consoles. I'm already seeing it with Wii U games where people are trying to sell Wii U games for very high prices. Um, because I say with Vita, obviously, because these consoles came out of the gate with the mentality of people saying, I'm going to go for a full set of this. Yeah. And so people bought all of these shitty games that would have in past generations, like for the PlayStation 2, just sat on store shelves for Mm. years because people were like, I'm going to get a full collection. I I feel like the same with Switch as well. Yeah. People want to go for full Switch collections, but it's... I'd say it's exceedingly difficult, especially with some of the more limited releases. Nowadays. Yes, it yeah. is. Um, but the the thing is, right, one of the games I'm going to talk about this week, um, 2064 Read Only Memories, hmm. was a game I've looked at for a long time. It came out on Steam. It was Mac compatible. I played the demo of it about a year ago, I think. Hmm. And I was like, oh, this, this is a game that's right up my alley. The writing's really nice. The, the visuals look great. I'm going to buy this because I... I love this genre of game. It, it reminded me of the little bit I've ever played of Snatcher. And I was like, cool, I'm going to get this. However, Limited Run then did a Vita and PS4 release of it. And I was like, oh man, I should buy the physical version of it. 
And I was just like, why do you need a physical version well, of it? This is it, especially when for me when it's a smaller game. Yeah, it's it not going to take up much hard drive space. I'm always no. conscious of this, so you can install quite a lot of smaller games like that, which make me think, well, I'll just get the digital version. Also, the fact that game packaging isn't as good as it used to be. No, it isn't. And maybe if you want a physical version of the game, you're going to want a collector's edition. You're going to yes. want maybe something limited run release with some extra goodies with it. Maybe even an instruction book. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you're getting a piece of plastic with another small piece of plastic in it yeah it may have a nice cover but you're not going to get the manual you're not going to get a few goodies um there are i know releases for the switch which come with a manual now would seem like very special things we only had this conversation this morning didn't yeah. we about that now moonlighter was it has yes, a manual it does giving you an extra incentive to buy the physical version as yeah which is the digital an odd version. thing and i guess it's yeah. just hearkening to people like ourselves who like collecting games but to be honest with you I think the thing it comes down to now is I really have to care about a game to want yeah. a physical, like, to say, hey, here yeah. is the game. It's me with fighting games. Yeah. I like to get physical version of fighting games because I feel like I collect fighting games because yeah. I like the genre. But at the same time, there's so many now. This mm-hmm. Just this week I bought one, which I'm not going to be able to tell you the name of, but it was recently up for a physical version on Limited Run. Oh, God, yeah, it's, it's got a very Japanese I didn't even know it had been released. It was released actually, I think, in July 2018. It's a Chinese-themed uh, fighter. You well, know, fortunately for you, I am actually subscribed to Limited Run's yeah. uh, email box, and I, and I just downloaded this game digitally because the physical version, you know, was a bit more expensive. It's again a smaller size game because it's 2D, mostly visuals. So. Yeah, um, this idea of collecting fighting games actually even got even smaller now to the point where. If it's a series I really like, then I'll get the physical edition. If it's Tekken, if it's Soul Calibur or something like yeah. that, King of Fighters. Uh, but if it's a smaller one, I'm quite happy with the download of it because there's just so many. Yeah. Yeah? So strange. Uh, this game that you purchased that you can't say the name of is... Yeah. I think it's perhaps the first game I've ever seen that does not have a like a Japanese game that has been localized under its Japanese name and not using Romanji. Yeah, so maybe this is why it wasn't very uh, apparent no. in the store because it has a really weird name. Well, I, I, no, I mean, it's just Japanese. Like, obviously, you get games that are called, like, whatever they call they in Japanese. They translate them. But they translate them or they, they spell them in Romanji to begin with, which is the Japanese symbol for writing English. And they would call it like Melty Blood or mm. whatever. Something that sounds like, oh, it's slightly cool because it's in English. And these yeah, people have yeah. just gone, no, we're going to name this in Japanese. And it's uh, called? Koi Himi Ebu Ryo Rai Rai. Which I guess is something to do with fighting. Unfortunately, I can pronounce it, but I can't tell you what it is yet. Not no. into my Japanese. We've sort of got that a sort of uh, feudal Japan kind of vibe to it. Yes. Uh, um, its characters and its settings. And it's. Uh, I can talk about it for a little bit if you like. If we've yeah, sure, well. moved on to what another game I've been playing this week is the one Matt just mentioned. I've already forgot. It's a 2D fighter. It's been available for over a year now. On uh, well, not quite a not quite a year yet, but nearly a year on the PlayStation Store. Sorry, uh, no idea it existed until it came up for this limited run release. Yeah, it's uh, fairly easy to pick up and play fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, visuals are nice. Backgrounds are you find with a lot of these fighters that the backgrounds aren't as good as you 
you would expect because back in the day Street Fighter 2 or King of Fighters you had lovely animated backgrounds uh, even going as far as Capcom vs SK2 and yeah. Marvel's Capcom things like that but um, the very static backgrounds but this game I imagine has a much smaller team uh, producing it so that's a bit disappointing the actual fighting is pretty good you have a throw button, which is unique for a fighter, really, because it's on, on the, one of the face buttons, on Circle, actually. Yeah. It also acts as like a special button, so uh, every character seems to have the same set of special moves, uh, same inputs, at least. So you always know you do a quarter circle forward, then a half circle backwards, and then press this uh, special button, which does grabs normally, but right. if you press it in combination with the, you know, the button input, it, uh, it does a special. Yeah. Um, and then the character's regular special moves uh, are, do all seem to be the same. Mm -hmm. But they all have different weapons in there, and th there's quite a lot of variety. It's an all-female fighter. Yes, which is a very interesting thing. I'm just reading the history of this series. Yeah. The series itself is called Kohini Ebu, which I said. The, the Riga Rai Rai is the, the PS4 version of this game. Mm. Uh, this is actually based on a visual novel series, of surprise, course surprise, is, yeah. called Kohini uh, <laughs> Muso, uh, which is a gender-bender version of the Romance of the Three Kingdoms story. Okay. So they have replaced all of the male characters, uh, like, uh, oh, what the hell is his name, Bugu and all of these like yeah, characters within this familiar. ancient Chinese-Japanese uh, history, and they've made them women, because... Uh, why not? That's what you do. And <laughs> yes, they made a fighting game out of it. I was trying to figure out what the translation of that was for you. So did it originally come out on PC? Or it something? did originally come out on PC and the PS3, I believe. Okay, Japan. so it's an older game. Um, I mean, it certainly doesn't. Yeah. It looks like it could run on a PS3, no problem. Yeah. Yes. Well, actually, no, it's PS3 and then PS4 for the latest version okay. uh, by a Japanese studio called Yeti. Okay. Uh, Is it a must have fighting game? No, but if you're a fan of the genre, then. You, you'll get some fun out of this. Yes. It has a, one of those, I'll just mention it now because it surprised me when I was playing it, was if you change character after you select continue, you start from the beginning. Oh, really? Just That's a forewarning. So knowing you can't change your character and still continue with your progress in yeah. the arcade mode. Oh, well, that's a shame. Just so you know. Uh, but yeah, if you like the sound of that, it's available digitally for about £16 or $30, I think, uh, through limited run, if they still have any left. I presume they probably, probably do. Probably not. You, you don't think? No, trust me. Limited run will sell out of stuff immediately. If it is something very popular, it will sell out Because that seconds. game doesn't seem like one everyone will be that familiar with, whereas when they're putting up King of Fighters stuff, you know there's a following. However, Tom Parry, what you need to bear in mind is the thing we talked about in the start of this very conversation about limited mm. run mm. is people are obsessively the collecting the, the full collection ones. and so they just want that game um and that's the only way they're gonna get it yes well i bought a limited run game and it wasn't that one no because i've said i bought it digitally i bought king of fighters 97 global match you did uh, which is a game i already owned digitally <laughs> yes but actually correction at the time of this recording kohime eburo rio rai rai is still available i thought it might be I had a feeling it might be. Trust me, it won't be there for long. Uh, the King of Fighters I, game I bought is a special edition coming in a Neo Geo shock box, which yes. is the big plastic boxes Neo Geo cartridges had to come in because they were so massive, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, which is something I've never owned a, a shock box or had any no. Neo Geo games. I feel that the heritage of King of Fighters 
you know, lies mm-hmm. with the Neo Geo and that system. The As the AES. limited run, clearly. Um, and it's nice to have something like that as a King of Fighters fan. Uh, the game's sort of secondary to the uh, actual presentation of it. Yes. In fact, you get a poster, you get some art cards, you get a manual, which I think is sized to the box, so that should be a fairly... Chunky um, thing. Chunky manual, I would hope. Oh, they actually have up a t-shirt as well, did you see? King of Fighter, uh, the girls, yeah, yeah, I saw that, it's quite nice. Uh, so yeah, they've got King of Fighter merchandise available now. So you can get this via the PS4 or Vita, the Shockbox version is available for both. Uh, formats. Yes. It actually has a place inside to put the PS4 game and the Vita game, so it's one standardized oh, box. That's cool. Uh, so if you wanted to collect them both, maybe you just want to buy the, the one limited edition and the one. And then one thing, if you oh, want both cool. physical versions. Uh, but if you own the game digitally already, like I do, it's cross-play. So I've got the Vita version and I've got the PS4 version. Yeah. But now I've got a physical uh, object. Cool. To <laughs> the fact that. Uh, King of Fighters 97 Global Match is a fairly broken King of Fighters game, as I, I hear that the online is not very good, not very robust, and is probably not worth investing any sort of time into. No. Uh, doesn't come into it so much for me, personally. I have several versions of King of Fighters 97. Yes. In fact, I already have another version of it on my PS4 as part of the uh, Orichi collection, yes. which was a compilation of I think 94, 95, 96, mm-hmm. 97, and 98. Maybe. I think. Yeah. I think 94 was on the European, but wasn't on the original Japanese. They added it. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. I'm a happy bunny. I've got this nice thing that I can display as a King of Fighters fan. So there you go. It's a special thing that I got off Limited Run because I really like King of Fighters. Yeah. Makes sense. All, all cool. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm inclined to buy anything else off Limited Run. There's nothing oh, I... see, this is the thing, though, Tom Parry. Limited Run, for all the faults of us saying, like, oh, yeah, people are buying all these collections and whatever. I mean, if you've got the money, go for it, I say, if you really want to. But every now and again, something comes along on Limited Run, which is why I'm still on their mailing list, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Um, and in the past, that was Oddworld New and Tasty. When that came out, I was like, I love Oddworld. I want a physical copy of it. They recently, last weekend, they put out Stranger's Wrath and I already have it on the Xbox, so I didn't feel the same inclination to get that HD remaster for the PS3. Yeah, but it's a game that's just been released digitally. Yes. And now it's getting a physical release and it's a game you really like. But maybe if it's just even a standard box yes. with a disc in, you're yeah, still inclined Yeah, then it's to. something that's going to go on the shelf and I'm like, oh, I got that. Um, Bastion, as long-time listeners of the podcast will know, is probably one of my favourite games of all time. So as soon as they said, hey, we're releasing Bastion, I was like, cool, buy one of those. I bought it for the Vita, because I've got it on the PS4, got it on the Switch, got Mm. it on everything else under Mm. the sun. So I was like, okay, cool, I just want this. It'll go on a shelf next to the Vita stuff I have. I'm trying to think if they announce a physical version of something else I'm into. I might be... uh, Fez would be one. If they did a physical release of Fez, I would buy that game in a heartbeat. It is arguably my favourite game next to Buzzle Bot. I can't think of a digital game that I'd necessarily want a physical version of. It doesn't already have a physical version. They They did did a... Recently they did a... uh, The Switch port of uh, Risky's Revenge. Oh, Shantae. Shantae game. Uh, I I got that. Really? The King of Fires one just goes in that shop box. Yeah, well, I mean, the, Shant- <laughs> the Shantae one came with a Game Boy cartridge, uh, like a, a mock Game yeah, Boy cartridge. Okay, so that was a cool And I thing. was just like, oh, fuck's sake. So it's not necessarily the disc. 
it or, is. The, or the I mean, Vita I've got the game. I, I bought, yeah. I have the game digitally. I just saw if it hadn't have been for a Game Boy cartridge, which felt like it was pandering. But if you exactly have the game yeah. already, then yeah. you already got the Game Boy cartridge, which I guess is in there. No, because, I, no, uh, no, no, no. I don't have the Game Boy cartridge. That's oh. the thing. It's a, it was a Wii U game. Oh, sorry. So they I made like a throwback one. cartridge. Oh, okay. So now I see. And I was like, oh shit, that looks cool. And then I could put, I, it comes with a little stand. It comes with a little stand. <laughs> and then I'm going to put, put my actual Shante cart next to it. It'll be nice. Okay. Yeah. Then you don't need two stands. Yeah, it just says Shante. So, in all fairness, I'll probably just put my, my actual copy of Shante yeah. on there. Yeah. I don't know. I'll figure it nice. out. Nice. I guess we are collectors to a point. Yeah, we are. We're, we're insanity so. ensues. But to be honest with you, like, I have very much slowed down on buying video games. Yes. In general. I still buy for the Game Boy, honestly. Obviously, I still do the channel. So mm. as while mm. that keeps mm. going, mm. I was still buying things. So I have them on original hardware to review. Mm. But I've I've slowed down a bit. I haven't bought any other than that King of Fighters game. Yeah, I haven't bought anything else online, gaming wise. Although we did happen to go into Blue City, yeah. which is a shop here in uh, Viola, Denmark, which sells secondhand things, electronics. Uh, used to have quite a lot of video games. Tons. And it still has video games, but they're not usually the kind you want to buy. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, they've had but, a very weak selection of PS2 and Wii. Yeah, and they might be things you know, you've either already got or you see a bunch of and aren't interested. They are the kind of stuff that would be left in a charity shop most of the time. Um, we had a nice surprise, though, didn't we? We did have a very good surprise. So um, I got... Uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 for 10 kroner, yep. which is just over a pound, isn't it, roughly, yep. sort of. Uh, and then um, what else did I get? I got... Uh, the best um, fighting game on the original Xbox. Oh, yeah. Matt convinced me to buy Fight Club for the original <laughs> Xbox because as a collector of fighting games, I should own Fight Club. You should. <coughs> I've heard less than good things about it, but uh, you do get to play as Meatloaf's character. Oh, really? So that's got to be worth wow. uh, 10 kroner. Is, is there any Meatloaf on the soundtrack? <laughs> it's got... You know, I, I think it's got a reasonably varied soundtrack, actually. I don't know if there's any Meatloaf on it. Yeah. But I heard maybe the soundtrack is something of some worth, at wow. least. Wow. Um, the developer of this game is called Genuine Games. Yeah. Uh, who are the, the, the people who made uh, 50 Cent Bulletproof. So there you go. Yeah, that has a following. That's, that's Some not people a bad like game. that. Yeah. Maybe it'll be all right. Yeah. And last one was. Uh, they made Knockout Kings as well. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. Luminous, is it? Uh, no, no, no. They contributed to it. Sorry. No, sorry, no, yeah. no. I was just yeah. saying the last game I got was. Yeah, Luminous 2. Luminous 2 for the PSP. Uh, I had to check up afterwards. I've got the original, but not the, the sequel. I have so, uh, the sequel, but not the original, which oh, is okay. ironically the case with uh, Knights of the Old Republic, because I picked up the first one Death. for a whopping 10 kroner. Yeah. Uh, and then to my utter delight, um, not that they are the best games on the systems by any stretch of the imagination, but they had a boxed copy of Dr. Evil's Welcome to My Secret Underground Lair. Which is a great the, name for a game. It is, uh, for the game by colour, but a, a terrible game. Uh, it essentially it's like a weird like so that uh, Tom are you aware that there's Mary Kate and Ashley games for yes. the the Game Boy Color yeah and the once the Game Boy Color released there are some there are actual games I do believe most of them are Pocket Planner well, and Dream Diary which are huge toys aren't they yes 
especially for young girls. They that, do well, like I mean, them. that was a that was a thing. Did you remember? Like yeah. that was the whole point of the game. dot com was like, hey, yeah. personal organizer. Yeah, and I remember put all fun your friends' faxes, phone numbers in there, and and, secret notes. Oh Christ! What was the what were the names of those? Like you could buy like personal organizer things. Mm. That looked like calculators. Yeah, I know the things. Oh, I, mean, I can't yeah. remember what they were called. But um, so that was a huge market. And I mean, if you look even the original Game Boy, you have uh, like travel guides and personal organizers. Electronic and organizer. Would yeah, there was just an electronic it? organizer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a Casio one in bright blue. I remember because yeah. that was a cool thing to have for. Yeah, all it's like, like just a notepad in sort of a digital form yes. with keys, so you can input the information. Yeah, and just like super unwieldy because why would you have to type all your information on like what is essentially a calculator screen yes. when you can just write it down yeah yeah <laughs> and now we have mobile phones that are more powerful than the things and that there you go spaceships. you can write all your notes in them and you have all your phone numbers in there yes exactly yeah poor mary kate nashley's <laughs> pocket planner it is gone by the wayside we're all we're all into pocket planners though it does say yeah, that we're we having phones we've all got a pocket planner mm-hmm. um yeah but this game is actually made by rockstar uh, so you'd imagine well, a bit it's more. Published, wasn't it? Uh, no, <laughs> developed by Rockstar, okay. uh, and some other studio worked on some of the the bits because there's multiple versions of it. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Wildly, the back of the box says highly collectible. Collect all four. And I've only ever seen the Austin Powers one and the Doctor Evil one. The other two don't exist. And so one day, Tom, I'm have... going down that rabbit hole to find out where the fuck yeah, those other two games were. Yeah, they had big plans for this Austin Powers series. Maybe didn't sell as well as anticipated. They had two other games in the works and thought, well, let's just uh, not release them. Well, I mean, <laughs> Austin Powers O Behave and uh, Doctor Evil's fucking my secret yeah. You'd expect layer. them to be huge sellers, wouldn't you? Oh, you would. I mean, they came out at the time of the Spy Who Shagged Me. And, you because know, all the little kids were... Would watching we, Austin Powers yeah, and, they were and wanting to buy the video games. <laughs> uh, yeah, so apparently they've got like really bad rip-off versions. Like the Austin Powers yeah. one has a version of uh, Pac-Man where you play as Austin Powers wandering oh. around a maze picking up stupid stuff. Uh, and then the Doctor Evil one, I think, has got like a Dig Dug rip-off in it, but I haven't played it. Isn't it a shame it's not a proper 3D Austin Powers game, like an adventure game or a platform? That would be cool, but never mind. That's full of voice samples. It'd be like Gex, but with yeah. Austin Powers. God, we've talked about this game more than anyone has for like 15 <laughs> years. Uh, yeah, it's a really bad game, but it was sent Corona for a box copy. What was the other game? Heaven forbid I didn't pick it up. It was Scooby-Doo Unmasked which by is THQ, which is supposed to be all right. For the Game Boy Advance. For the Game Boy Advance, one. yeah. Not the colour. It is one of the latest game boy advance releases uh one i've not actually come across yet on my on my escapades hmm. and so i was like oh great cool i'll pick that up uh 10 okay. corner can't say fairer than that there's a ps2 version and an xbox version yeah. as well which kind of shows you how late into the game it was not a gamecube version. uh i believe a gamecube version as well okay. yeah i stand corrected but yeah um it's supposed to be quite good it's a platformer i can't remember there's someone who did those thq scooby-doo games and i can't remember the name of the studio. night of um a thousand frights yeah night of a thousand frights yes. is one I uh, have that on the PS2. I can't tell you I've actually really played it. But. Uh, is it like Mystery Mayhem is one of the other ones? And there's one like Zapped or something when like that. When was the last Scooby-Doo game? Probably a while ago now. I would just, yeah, I would, I would probably imagine a while uh, ago. I've seen a lot of videos from New York Toy Fair, also yeah. from uh, London Toy Fair, and I can't recall seeing many Scooby-Doo things. Maybe they just weren't covered by whoever was covering them Yeah, that I was watching, but... Uh, Scooby-Doo, yeah. There was a time when there was a lot of Scooby-Doo products, when Lego did Scooby-Doo, yep. and there were also other toys. 
I mean, the Scooby-Doo license is something that's gone around for a while. I think after Lego, I'm not sure if it was Meccano or Mega Blocks, but someone else had the Scooby-Doo license for construction after Lego toys. did, for construction toys yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm there's just... probably Scooby-Doo stuff out there, but maybe it's not as popular as it was because there's no, like, movies. No. There were a few TV movies. Uh, I've seen them. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> it was an artificial-minded movement. I've heard that studio. Yeah. They did platformers on the PS2 as well. I think. They did. They made uh, Wet. They made Scalar. Uh, Scalar. Happy say. Feet. They made Fallout Shelter, actually, as well. Yeah, Happy Feet 1. Yeah. Oh. Uh, they became Behaviour Interactive at oh, some yes. point. Very familiar then. with them. Yeah. Because I'm a fan of movie time games. You are. And uh, having seen Battle of Le- Angel Alita, or Alita Battle Angel, recently, I couldn't help feeling I wanted to play a video game based on that film. Yeah. Because it is the kind of film that would translate very well to a uh, third-person combat type yeah. game. Quite but there doesn't exist one. Quite times have changed. There wasn't one made for the PS2 yeah, based it, on the anime. Yeah. There might be a, an Alita game somewhere on some system because it's been around for a long time. Yes. The franchise. But the movie's good, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I'd recommend going to cinema to watch it. It's one of those things, I think. Oh, there's a PS1 game. There we go. Oh. Well, is that what type of game is it? Gunnam, a Martian Memory. Oh, it's called Gunnam. Uh, it's an action role-playing yeah. game yeah. for the PlayStation. That, that, that's the uh, original title of Alita. Yes. Yeah. Gunnam. Oh, there's also looks to be a <laughs> fighting game. Oh, no, that's a Muggin. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, so there's a there's an action RPG which from the one screenshot I can see looks like it might be all right. Hmm. Yeah. So you're saying earlier, Matt, you hadn't picking up a lot of games unless they were dirt cheap. No. But you did get a game recently. I did from you, Tom Parry. Yes, uh, uh, Resident Evil. Resident Evil 2. What do you think of Resident Evil 2? Uh, I like it a lot. It gives me chills or we should say resident evil 2 remake yes which is apparently the official title but it's not on the box yeah it just says resident evil 2 for obvious reasons um it's a good game i played the first hour of it maybe i think i'm pretty i no i I wouldn't even say i've played now i've probably played about half hour um I've wandered around the police station a little bit. I've not really explored upstairs in the library and stuff. Effectively, what was in the demo? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Or a little bit less, actually, because oh, okay. I, I didn't get the spade key like you do in the demo. Mm. Um, yeah, so I've, I've wandered around. I've done a few bits and bobs, and then I've been just... just I wanted to experience the first like 15 minutes of the game because that's the most vivid part of Resident Evil for me. Mm. Like, yes, I do remember a lot of the stuff about wandering around the police station and the things you find there. But for me, the most vivid thing is you being in the car with Claire, that oil tanker crashing, and then you going through the streets, going through the school bus, going to the gun shop, doing all these things before you get to the police station. And slight spoilers, I guess, for the start of Resident Evil for the next five minutes. Um, it's slightly different. Uh, you actually start. I, I'm playing as Leon because Leon is who I played in the yeah, original. Yeah, I'm so. pretty sure as Leon you did do all that in the original. Yes, it wasn't Claire's. something exclusive to Claire. They get separated, don't they? And they either do, side yeah. of the oil tanker. Yes, is that right? Yeah. And so maybe I am remembering it wrong, and maybe I did play through it as Claire, but I'm ninety percent sure I played yeah. through as Leon, and because I never got the crossbow. So then that's Claire's special weapon, whereas Leon gets a shotgun. Uh, I remember 
you run through the run through that area. You go into the gun shop, and then the, all the zombies like break through the walls of the gun shop, and uh, you run out the back door and you, you go through, through the alleyways back alleys and, until you get to the until you station. get to the police station. Yeah. But essentially, what happens in this is uh, the tanker explodes, fires everywhere. That looks amazing, like it did. Like well, like in my head it did on the PS2, and there's all these zombies the getting out of the. Oh shit! It was a PS1 <laughs> game. God. Okay. Or N64, depending. Or, N64. or Dreamcast. Oh, no, or GameCube. I, it didn't play on any of those other systems. I played it on the PS1. Yeah. Um, and you see these zombies coming at you through the fire and stuff, yeah. and it's very atmospheric. Uh, but you pretty much you just run a little bit through the flames, and then you're you get to the gate of. Uh, the RCPD, and then you lock the doors. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I then started doing that, and I started doing all the stuff that's in the demo. So where the demo drops you is literally you've missed like five minutes at the start. Mm. However, um, in the original game, the first bit of Leon going into a gas station and filling up the car, and then him seeing a zombie, and then him driving away and going, what the fuck's going on, before he meets Claire... You play that bit out, mm, which I thought was kind of cool. It, yeah. yeah, so I, I, it does get rid of the, the, the need for the gunshot because that's why you get a pistol because the guy gives you a gun to be like, "Fuck, man, you're a police officer, Hugh. You know how to handle a gun. You're armed. We need to defend this place. This lock and load, yeah. lock and load. <laughs> Zombies burst through the window as you're boarding stuff up. Da da da. da. Is that uh, introduced the boarding up windows mechanic? No, no, it's just like you. he's saying, oh, you need to help me do this. And okay. so you go over to the windows to do it. And I think you pick up the shotgun. I think they give you the shotgun pretty much straight away as well. Uh-huh. And that's near the counter. And as soon as you pick up the shotgun, it triggers the animation of all of the zombies busting through the windows and like all the swipes getting pretty killed. impressive to behold, isn't it? Graphically, yeah. this game is rather It's one of the best-looking games I've ever seen. Running on you know, the same engine that ran Resident Evil 7. Yes, also yeah. terrifies me to... Fuck, which is <laughs> odd, because um, I've not experienced fear playing a video game for a long time. Have you played Seven? Uh, no, I haven't. Because Seven's pretty I, scary. I played the demo of Seven, and there's something I don't know what it is. There's something about survival horror in first person. Yeah, that puts the absolute yeah. shit. Well, you me. can't see all around you. Yeah. In, a, in a way you can maybe in a third person game. Yeah, and I, I yeah. never beat Soma for that very reason. Even though the story of Soma seems like it's right up my alley. Yeah. I never beat it because I was like, fuck this. I can't play this game. I don't like the controls that much. And I'm not the kind of person who likes just running away from stuff in that amnesia-style gameplay. I've heard, though, they have actually patched it, so that stuff's a lot more manageable now. Mm. So if you want to Soma. just experience the story of Soma, you can go through it and do that without the mm. fucking monster, which mm. I might do. Mm. But, yeah, I, I'm a bit cautious about playing Resident Evil uh, 7. I, I know, it's such a pussy thing. Like I want to play it in VR... But at the same time, I, I don't know. No, don't. I rented it no. from the library, okay. but I need to pick it up at some point, especially after playing this, because it's just giving me those memories of like, man, I really loved this series at one point in time. Yeah. Has it had any missteps? I don't think so. Apart Not yet. from maybe the online games, like Outbreak or something like Gun, Oh, Christ, Gun, you Gun mean Survivor. the Resident Evil series? Yes. Is t- right. I would say, what were you discussing? Resident Evil 1 is a good game. Yeah. Um, director's Cut is, you know, the preferred version of the PlayStation version, and then they obviously they did the remake. I don't think that game has aged particularly well. Oh, it hasn't. Well. I can't play it. I tried recently. I... Yeah, um, which is a shame. Yeah. But 
Resident Evil 2 was always, for me, the favourite. I, I loved that game. I got fur- further, much further with 2. I found it a yeah. better and more enjoyable experience than 1. I just one. think the story's a lot better yeah. as well. Like the, the, the story of the first game is very convoluted, I feel. Uh, and there's not really a lot of it. You're just kind of left to wander yeah. the mansion at your own devices, whereas I think the, the breadcrumb trail they leave in Resident Evil 2 with all the reports is a lot better, and I felt more engaged in that world yeah. and that story. So three never played three. Three so. is very hard. It's very strange. Well, it's is it more actiony? No, it, it's it is based on the the concept of the nemesis. Yeah. Like so, you most of the game is you running the fuck away from this big scary thing that you cannot. Which kill. you've already said you don't like that um, style of. Which is not play. well. No, it wasn't so much. That I don't like that style of gameplay. I just don't like it in Soma because it's in a first person environment and I feel like there's a lot to keep track of I think it would be easier in a third person one Um, so that happens like the item conservation stuff is a lot more full on and you start getting like machine guns and stuff so it does start to push it towards the action realm Mm. because it's the only way you're going to take down this colossus thing and you might I think the guy's name is Carlos, or that maybe that's the guy from Resident Evil Zero. But um, you you meet with these mercenaries who've kind of come in to clear out Raccoon City for Umbrella, and that game is pretty ridiculous. Four obviously redefines the action shooter genre as well as the survival horror genre a little bit. Five goes full on action, and then six we don't really talk about. Yeah, but uh, yes, there's a certain there's a. N- misstep, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the spin-off games of the Resident Evil series have never really been that great either. Um, Operation Raccoon City is obviously the the last one before they tried something different with Seven, which got terrible reviews. Which is like almost like an online. Isn't there two of them. I believe so. I yeah, an two. online squad-based survival game where you all have players like SWAT team agents who were going into Raccoon City to remember that umbrella out. special ops thing yeah that multiplayer what was that called that's that that's no there uh, was another one that there was there was Outbreak which was that online one on PS2 yeah and there was a sequel to Outbreak and then there was Umbrella Core yeah that's the Do one remember that yeah one? that's what I was thinking of with Operation Raccoon that, City that yeah. died a death didn't yeah it, it did because it was terrible that was on PS3 that was on PS3 and Xbox yeah yeah uh, but you've also got the uh, survivor games, survivor games, and also the dark side g- game, the Chronicles, Umbrella Chronicles for Wii, and Dark Side Chronicles for Wii. Yes, which are okay. I played Umbrella Chronicles is not bad. Dark Side Chronicles is also very good. I it never played adds, Dark Side. Adds a, a lot more to the uh, formula. Yeah, different weapons and things. If I remember, it's been a long time since I played that. Man, because it's like a light gun game, right? Operation yeah, it's a light, light, light gun game. Yeah. No, no. Uh, uh, not Operation Chronicles. Raccoon City. Uh, Chronicles, Umbrella Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Too many spin Wow, and then you've got Gaiden on the... Uh, was that released? Yeah, Gaiden that was released. That came out, didn't it? Um, they were making a version of Resident Evil 1 uh, that got canned. The same way they were making a version of Resident Evil 2 for the Game Boy Advance, which I believe has been developed by Crawfish. But then you got, of course, Deadly Silence for the DS, which was a remake of Resident Evil yes. 1. yes. Which I've never it's a fairly played. obscure it game is. nowadays. I see it occasionally, but it's, it's always very expensive. It's one of those games hand. I wish I'd picked up when it was bugger It was all. cheap at yeah. one point. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, yeah, other, other than that, there is another one. I don't know. Is there a board game? There probably is a board <laughs> a game. A digital board game. I a Monopoly. Being toys <laughs> and stuff as well. Um, yeah, but there's, there's a lot of spin-offs. Some of them questionable. 
But the so main series good. is pretty good, apart from six, I would say. Yeah, I mean, Gaiden on the Game Boy is pretty good as well. It's quite enjoyable. Yeah. It uses a very strange combat thing where you run into a zombie and then you have like a reticle at the bottom of the screen and it's all about timing. Yeah. So the, the this remake thing, though, seems to be a thing that Capcom like to do. They've done it with Resi 1. Yeah. They've done it with Resi 2. I mean, it makes sense that they're going to do Nemesis because it's set in Raccoon City. Yeah, and... Whether it appear on this generation, I consoles, think it will appear on this generation of consoles. Think. They'll just go for it because there's a long time between Resident Evil remake and Resident Evil Two well, remake. Yeah, but the thing is, they remade Resident Evil remake because the GameCube had all of these other things, and they were doing a big thing, and they realised, oh well, we should just really release. Um, because they made Resident Evil remake because they were making Zero, so they were making the engine Zero for was Zero in anyway. For N64. Yes, it was, yeah. uh, but it, it never came to be. No, it eventually ended on GameCube alongside a remake of Resi 1. Yes. And then they just released ports they of released 2 and 3. Two, three That's um, all I yeah, think they, they didn't did. do They didn't Code do Code because that was on PS2 and Dreamcast. Yes, it was. Yeah. And now you can download them all pretty much on your PS4 yeah, you or can. Xbox One. And they started with 6, and I don't know for why. Um, yeah, so I I will play this game through to completion. It, it, for those of you in doubt of whether you should pick it up or not, it's not a very long game. Uh, Resident Evil 2 isn't. Once you get out to the police station, which takes about two mm. or three hours, you Have go they through... Have lengthened the, it at all? Do you no, know? it's uh, apparently about six hours uh, playthrough. And it's a full price. Uh, full full priced game. Release. However, you have, obviously, for those of you who don't know, there's the option of... They don't do the campaign A, campaign B thing that they do with the original. You play through as Leon and then you can play through as Claire. Oh, you have to play as Leon. You don't choose No, no, no you can play through as Leon or Claire, like oh. whichever one you want to. But I'm just saying, like, once you play through in the original Resident Evil, you would play through a, a scenario B, which would be harder. And there would be, like, Leon's effect on the world would have happened. Mm. So, like, items ah. and stuff you would have picked up or events that would have happened. Yeah. It would show you from Claire's perspective and vice mm. versa. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, uh, so that was pretty cool. And then there's a thing around your saves, so, like, not saving regularly is uh, rewarded in this game because then you unlock the fourth survivor. And that game is essentially you play as either Hunk or Tofu. And Hunk is a a member of uh, Umbrella's uh, SWAT team. Uh, they yeah. get they send in to get the T virus. You actually see them as part of the game. Um, meeting rather unfortunate ends, except Hunk, and you play as him, and he's got like loads of machine guns and lots of yeah. like heavy weapons yeah. that you're not really used to. So you can the zombies aren't so much a threat. It's that you are this special ops guy, and you got to get in and get out in fifteen so minutes. So all this content is in the new Resident. It Evil is in 2. the new Resident Evil Two remake yeah. as well. So there's actually is quite. A and lot. there's DLC. There is yeah. unique content set in that story. That's pretty great. That uh, was like they were too sure you're back on characters, but actually bothers to tell mm. you the story and sets it from their point of view, mm. which I think is going to be really cool. Mm. I'm looking forward to playing. I think it's disappointing if you want to hear more about our experience of actual gameplay. There, there are a couple of episodes back. Yeah, when we talk two about the, back, the, we demo. about the demo. Uh, I'll get into it again yeah, next week, I think. We'll talk a bit I'm going to try and beat Leon's campaign, I think, nice. this week. There's actually a couple of games we missed out here. We missed out both those two games that originally came out on the 3DS. One of them came out on 3DS. Oh, the one yeah, on the Re- boat. Revela- uh, Revelations. Revelation and Revelation yeah, that's what I was saying. There was another one I came out later on yes. the Vita. And we also missed uh, Mercenaries for the 3D Mercenaries. Oh, shit, for the, I uh, forgot three, Mercenaries. 3DS. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I have a copy of Mercenary somewhere. That's a weird game. It's a fun portable game. Yeah. Jump in and play every now and again. 
Well, I'm gonna. I'm if I've that got that series is huge. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Lots and lots of spin-offs. Another long-running series yeah. is Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive. Dead and or we Alive. played Dead or Alive Six, which has an open beta this weekend. Yeah. Uh, huge download of nearly thirty gig. Yes. Uh, there's quite a lot of content there. Basically, I think you said about the twenty twenty characters. Yes. Nearly the full roster. I think nearly a couple the... of them you can't play as yes. yet. Uh, and uh, sorry, excuse for a uh, story mode. You, you play the first fight, the story mode for some <laughs> yeah, reason. Yeah, it was it was uh, a weird thing. Um, it it's like oh, story mode, and you were like, I don't know, you could play the story mode, and then you play one round, and it's like just to give you a taster of this yeah, uh, epic story. Then it's going to be like the Tekken one or the Dead or Alive Five one for, for series fans. But yeah, it was uh, there's training, so you can learn some of the new. Uh, mechanisms yes would you say in in this new game which are pretty cool and they involve uh around countering or uh, mostly and they use the r1 button yes and if you press that at the right time you can do some like extreme counter moves i guess i would yes call them. the burn meter um you got two you... yeah two special meters um yeah it's pretty cool i enjoyed it i to be honest with you i put a pre-order down on amazon for it already yeah, yeah. I think those additions to the game actually make it a lot more enjoyable than the last one. I don't know. They, it certainly makes it feel fresh. Yeah. I feel if you didn't add them, it would just feel like five. Yes. Which is fine. Five is good. But uh, having added this, it does make it feel fresh. Well, and when we played five, I felt a lot of the, the time I'd spent playing Dead or Alive 4 transitioned over into that game. Mm. And so I, I didn't feel that like out of sync with how the game operated. Five is certainly a lot more user friendly. Well, friendlier to a newcomer than four was. Yes. Four was incredibly challenging in its uh, arcade mode. Four kicked my ass, which is why I got which okay at those says games. A lot about the time when four was made. When the creator of Dead or Alive, though, who left. Yeah. Uh, Team Ninja. Yes. Ikagi, or well, I can't the remember guy. his name now. The guy wore sunglasses. Yes. Uh, he went off to do. Uh, he went off to do Devil Third. He did, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he made a Ninja Gaiden game before he left as well, right? Um, he well, four was the last Ninja Gaiden thing I think he worked on. Really? Not no, sorry, not Ninja Gaiden. Uh, Dead or Alive Four. He did Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2. Yes. And uh, 3 is weird. 3 is. He wasn't reason. involved no, with 3, I don't think. Uh, um, the guy's name is Itagaki. I knew it started with an Ita. Yeah. So um, I feel when he left that it became a little bit more of a friendly series to get into. Yes. Um, after he went all hardcore with 4. Mm-hmm. In, <laughs> funny enough, because the version of 2 called Dead Life 2 Hardcore. Actually, two and three are fairly easy to get to grips with. Yes. Uh, I think maybe just got into this difficulty thing with uh, Ninja Gaiden and transposed that a little bit into Dead or Alive 4, which yeah. made it the hardest in the series. Well, I think, to be honest, with you, there's something in it coming out in the 360 that kind of shouldn't have happened because you you would not... It yes, you'd like... had stuff on the Xbox before yeah. Dead or Alive 3 had come out there. And Dead or Alive 3 Ultimate, right? And Dead or Alive 2 Ultimate. Dead or Alive 2 Xbox. Ultimate and then yeah. Dead or Alive 3. So, like, yes, the, the well, audience... 3 came out before 2. ...was there on the Xbox. But at the same time... I, I think what, what they did there was... Because they adopted Sega after, mm-hmm. you know, Dead or Alive 2, they went for Sega. And I know there's PS2 version of Dead or Alive 2, but still they followed on with Microsoft for with the yes. Xbox. And then the Xbox 360. So they kind of... 
felt like they fell out of favor a bit with uh, Sony for whatever reason. Yeah. They were developing exclusively for Xbox at that point. And well, uh, to be honest with you, I, my guess would be that they were trying to make... Microsoft probably wanted a fighting game on the Xbox, and they were probably somewhat involved in the development of those games. Or I, th- I the think the reason why maybe 3 jumped to Xbox was because of the power of the Xbox. It's yeah. better than the PS2, because there are several downgrades to Dead or Alive 2 from the Dreamcast version into the PS2 version. Yes. So, um, yeah, I think they always team... Ninja always wanted to make games the most powerful hardware. And now, of course, with Xbox One and with the PS4, you've got consoles which are pretty much of the same Comparable, yeah. level. And so it makes maybe sense. that explains where we are where we are right now. That's true, Tom Parry. Uh, but there is a version of Dead Alive 5 on the Vita as yes, well. Yes, there is. And, uh, now we're talking about ports, but uh, yeah. 6 is good and uh, a fairly um, steady connection. There yeah. were a few times actually where I was playing because I played a lot of matches where it sort of did slow down considerably. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But for the most part, it was fairly solid online experience and I was ranking up pretty well. And yeah. if you're already quite good at Dead or Alive, then you will feel right at home with this one, I think. I enjoyed it a lot. It made me think about what I liked about the Dead or Alive games, and I was just like, okay, cool. I'm going to pick this up. And also, they've gone back to a bit of the wacky presentation. You've got a yes. dinosaur level. You've got a level action, a pirate ship with an octopus ha, as really? well that grabs you and throws you. That's cool. Uh, so, yeah, I'm glad they're embracing the silliness because it's been a reasonably silly uh, franchise, especially with actually uh, 4, where they get the dinosaur level. Yeah. At uh, 5, they tried to make it a little bit more serious, I feel. There wasn't so much out there stuff in 5. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it just goes to show, right, that the I think they're realising, hey, with games like Tekken and, uh, well, I mean, everything, right, Street Fighter getting a bit more serious, maybe there's a place for a light-hearted game. I mean, Mortal Kombat's kind I of proven that as well. Tekken's though. Well, the story mode is quite serious. Yes, I and I, to be honest with you, the story mode in this looks like it might be as well. Yeah, so well, it was pretty much in five. Yeah, but you've got characters like Zack who are a bit yeah. zany. Uh, whenever he's around, things aren't yes. so so serious. No, that's true. Yeah. Let's see. I like I said, I pre-ordered it. Let's but he said it was delayed a little. It was meant to come it out. It was soon. supposed to have been out already. It should have come out on the thirteenth of uh, February. So this it's is sort of like Valentine's Day. Sorry, it's not out yet. Here's a nice open beta. Yes. We'll release it later in we the year. We promise. It we it was delayed because of weird reasons, not because it's broken. Because we probably would have got this beta anyway, wouldn't we? To test the online, if it we would have got this earlier. Yeah, but probably not this. Not robust. as fully. Yeah. Um, featured. There was a, a closed beta apparently around the time, mm. so maybe it was something to do with the server connections. Maybe they didn't think they were strong enough. Who knows? Know. But five is very good online as well. Um, yes. Dead or Alive five last round, so uh, might get a few people back on that. Actually, I think until six comes out. Yeah, just to practice, I might mm. get it out of the library and give it a go myself. Yeah. Okay, right. We've been rambling on for an hour and ten. Wonderful. I, I, I enjoyed rambling with you, man. Yeah, me too. It was a good podcast. I did play a bit of read only, like I said, but I, oh, I kind of sorry. Said, no, no, it's all right. I yeah, kind of said my piece on that. that. Anyway, it's good. It's kind of like stature. If you like good writing and quality sprites, go get it. And I completed Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Congratulations, I beat the Elite Four, uh, but I haven't got all the Pokemon yet. Yeah. 
and therefore you've not completed it. You've just okay. beaten it. I'll let you know when uh, I've got all the Pokemon. Got to catch them all. Yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of catching them all, if you'd like to catch us in a variety <laughs> of places, you can do so on Twitter at TMACast. Uh, you can find me and Tom Parry there as well at Game Boyle for myself and at Tom Parry 11 for Tom. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, and you can listen to the podcast in a variety of places, such as tommattack.com forward slash podcast, blastprocess.com. Where the last episode is now available. It is. Um, <laughs> and you can also listen to us in iTunes or Stitcher. While you're in iTunes, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? And also, thank you to all our new subscribers. I looked at our um, feed burner the other day, and our subscriber count seems to have uh, gone up quite considerably in the last couple That's of weeks. That's good to so, hear. So, welcome. Thank We'd you. like to welcome. hear from you. Um, let us know what you think about the idea of all of these multiple... Uh, launches for the PC, if that's your cup of tea. Mm. Uh, or if you see something in a world where PlayStation and Xbox games are finally starting to become uh, cross-playable, uh, if you foresee something like that coming for the PC, who knows? Or if you just like Dead or Alive 6, let us know. Or, or even Resident Evil. We'd like to hear your favourite like, Resident Evil spin-offs. Yeah, that would be great. Well. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, let me know what you think of Gaiden as well, or if you think I'm talking rubbish because I just like Game Boy games. Okay, cool. That wraps it up. Let's keep it short and sweet. Until next time, as always, be sure to say the immortal words of 3, 2, 1. Game, game on! on.